and welcome back to another episode of Cannabis Insider, the show that dives into everything from the latest market trends to exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in the cannabis industry. I'm Abby Higginbotham, and as always, I'm joined by the fantastic Pato Little. That's right. You're fantastic too, Abby. Thank you very much. And we're here uh, to keep you updated with the latest and greatest uh, in the cannabis world, as you know. And uh, today's show is jam-packed with some exciting news. Yes, we have a special lineup for you today with Raj Grover, CEO of High Tide Inc., and Finn Hansel, CEO of Sanity Group. Uh, these companies are really making waves. Wink, wink. <laughs> it was a bad joke. Um, and thanks to their combined efforts, though, are poised to become some of the top global players in the cannabis industry. Exactly. Uh, an interesting episode is coming. So, But, but before we dive into that, uh, let's look at the top cannabis news we have for today. So let's start in the U.S., in Arizona's cannabis licensing. There's a big tug of war happening. The state's goal was to balance the scales of social equity, but now big corporations are taking center stage, overshadowing the smaller players who are bogged down with financial and legal woes. Um, I'd say the shift is really shaking up the program's original purpose, turning it into a struggle between the small guys, in which it was meant to help, and giant dispensary chains. This is just kind of a snapshot of a larger larger issue we're seeing nationwide in the cannabis industry. Exactly. Yeah, that's a very important issue to follow. And another crucial topic we wanted to highlight is the pivotal Supreme Court decision that could redefine the intersection of cannabis use and gun rights in the U.S. Uh, the Supreme Court is set to consider whether cannabis users should be restricted from owning firearms. A decision with significant implications, of course. And uh, this issue arises from a controversial ruling in the Fifth Circuit, uh, which deemed such restrictions unconstitutional. And uh, the debate centers basically on historical interpretations of the Second Amendment and balancing gun rights against marijuana legislation. Uh, the outcome could reshape legal landscape for both cannabis users and gun owners. So I'm here in Missouri, and I'll just say that it's a fascinating article that Benzinga put out. Um, the lands, the cannabis landscape in the U.S. is always changing, so that's definitely something to keep an eye out on. Um, but in more global matters, uh, I wanted to end with talking about Germany. So there is a major update on cannabis policy. The German health minister is confident that cannabis legalization will be in effect by April, despite some you know, opposition and concerns from interior ministers about law enforcement and public safety burdens. Um, this upcoming law is set to decriminalize cannabis and expand medical marijuana access, potentially increasing the numbers of patients in millions. Um, this is huge news. It's a huge shift for Germany, impacting both recreational users and medical patients. Um, we'll absolutely be discussing though this, though, in today's episode, so stay tuned. And any of these articles that we talked about today, make sure to check out on Benzinga.com. Exactly. And that wraps up our discussion on the latest kind of issues we, news, sorry, we selected for today. So, uh, again, remember, uh, you can read more at bensinga.com slash cannabis. And now let's jump into our exclusive interview because we are uh, privileged to speak with two eminent figures in the industry. Um, actually, that really relates to your last news about Germany. So let's get started. All right. So uh, we're thrilled to have Raj Grover, uh, High Tide's founder and CEO, as well as uh, Finn Hansel, CEO of uh, Sanity Group. 
High tide has transformed the cannabis retail landscape in Canada and beyond. And last year, uh, they joined forces with Sanity Group, one of the, Germany's largest cannabis companies. Raj, Finn, thank you so much for being here today. How are you all? Doing well. Uh, thank you, Abby, and for that, uh, and Pato, and for that very cool introduction with your reference to waves. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. Also very well. Thanks for being here. Um, and thanks for the opportunity to talk about us. All right. Yeah, no, happy to. And uh, I just wanted to say, um, you know, congratulations on being named one of Grow Up's 2024 top 50 cannabis leaders in Canada. Let me make sure that's a mouthful. Let me make sure that's the correct title. Are we are we are we happy about that? What's the feeling? How are, how are you guys feeling with that uh, with that accolade? Well, uh, feeling fantastic. It's actually my birthday today, so uh, double whammy there. But I have to say, I have to say that uh, you know I can't take this credit uh, myself. This is thanks to my stellar team that continues to execute and deliver nonstop. So they continue to make me look good. Uh, very, very proud of our team and what we've achieved so far. Well, happy birthday, also. Um, yeah, I'm glad we can have uh, have you on on your special day. Um, the second part to that I wanted to ask is, uh, you know, um, does it really, you know, reflect High Tide's position and influence in the cannabis industry, like with this title? Look, this title is uh, uh, absolutely um, acquired because of what High Tide has been able to achieve. I mean, we've been the differentiator here in Canada, Abby. Uh, with our discount club model that we launched a couple of years ago and having the largest loyalty plan in the country and having the largest non-franchised, uh, um, you know, cannabis retail network, I can, I can go on. Uh, very, very proud of our company. And surely it's a, it's a reflection of all of these achievements uh, that we've achieved together as a team. So couldn't be more proud. Very good. Congratulations for that. And I think this is our, our, our first birthday on Cannabis Insider, so happy birthday, Raj. <laughs> happy birthday. And, <laughs> and I wanted to, um, uh, to start with a question regarding Germany, because, of course, as you know, the world is closely following Germany's legalization process. And uh, yesterday we actually covered from Benzinga uh, the, the most recent news about the health minister um declarations saying that he's confident about the legalization moving forward despite the opposition so uh, how are your companies preparing to handle this growth or this possible growth maybe do you want to start Raj? I, Raj, Raj? Uh, I, okay. i'm going to pass that over to you Finn. so i mean the cannabis legalization in germany now has already almost three years of history to be honest because three years ago the new government formed and announced in their contract that they want to legalize cannabis. Uh, no one really could believe that in the beginning. However, then a big enthusiasm started about a full legalization like Canadian or Californian model. And obviously, um, last year we were all waiting for the final draft law and some people were already getting nervous about it. But I'm very happy that um, now, after a lot of discussions also in the governing parties, <clears throat> it seems that they found a good compromise now in January. And um, how it looks like right now is that it really will go through the parliament in February, then taking action in April. And obviously, there's a lot of different things that we are currently planning um, for that moment. So obviously, one thing, and that's our current DNA, is that 
um, the medical market will become much more attractive since it will not be classified as a narcotic anymore, THC. So it will make things easier for us to operate on the medical level. But obviously, and also that's the reason why we're working with High Tide, is that we believe now pillar one, which is the decriminalization, but then directly afterwards, pillar two, which is the pilot project and retail operations in the different German regions, will actually be very exciting for the industry to really show that the legalization will uh, bring benefits not only to the companies, but also to the consumers, to the society. And we are very excited to um, partner together with High Tide and Rash and his team to really think about what regions do we want to focus? How should a collaboration look like? And obviously, we still need to wait for the final law um, until we know how we can prepare. But we're obviously already talking with politicians, talking with local municipalities, like really preparing ourselves together with High Tide to launch in those markets as soon as they open up. And just one quick uh, follow-up question on that. Um, do you think, I mean, is the the new legalization going to include just uh, medical cannabis or will it also um, include the adult use markets? It will be both. Um, so uh, if you follow German politics, we talk about two pillars here. That's what they officially announced. So pillar one is the one that will take effect in April. And that means full decriminalization of cannabis. So also for recreational usage, people who are currently uh, going to prison or being followed by the police for consuming cannabis, they will be um, free to consume um, from hopefully April onwards. So that means there is an implication for the recreational market already. The second thing um, that the pillar one will do is like allowing the home grow. So you can have up to two plants at home. Plus what they want to do is like allow so-called cannabis social clubs. Um, I think that's probably still the most critical part of the law about how they will look like and how the, they will be formed and, and how they will also govern and administered. Um, however, that's all pillar one. And if everything goes well, from the 1st of April, there will be social clubs, there will be home grow, and there will be the reclassification of cannabis as a non-narcotic, meaning the prescriptions will be much easier. However, from the recreational or adult use perspective, obviously, Pillar one will not be the big breakthrough because decriminalization doesn't mean everyone can open a store and sell cannabis. That's then the following pillar two that the German government announced, which we believe will happen directly afterwards. So that will really mean adult use retail operations in specific regions, similar to Switzerland, where we are already present, but actually like um, profit oriented sales um, in those regions. And that's obviously the, the, the most attractive part besides the medical part that we are looking at and where we are very excited to partner with High Tide. And I, I definitely want to jump into retail side of it. And High Tide, you know, now boasting over 160 stores across Canada. Um, correct me if it's more, but uh, can you tell us kind of about the strategies that got you there? How, you know, you're keeping up with a, such a fast paced market. It seems like it's ever changing and always growing. Yeah, no, Abby, absolutely. Uh, look, we built a $500 million uh, revenue company in five years since legalization here in Canada. And we've got some valuable, we've got some invaluable experience, uh, you know, doing what we've done in Canada. We've taken retail in a, in a very different manner with a very different approach. And we launched our discount club model, which is practically the first of its kind, not only in North America, but you can say anywhere in, can anywhere in cannabis. And, uh, you know, I'm very hopeful and very excited about that when we launch this in Germany, our German friends are going to love it, of course, with the help of Finn and team and, and, and doing vice versa for Sanity Group. There's some exciting ventures we are talking about already. 
but you know, we've done this by differentiated thinking and uh, innovative mindset. We've always been an innovative company uh, right from the beginning, and uh, we're leading the way here in Canada. And we want to bring this experience to Germany. I'm equally excited, like Finn, on the on the timing of this. I, I believe Pillar Two could be a reality in early 2025, maybe mid 2025. Uh, and we've got a plate full here in Canada. You know, you said 160 stores. Abby, the goal here in Canada is 300 stores alone, and we're already at $500 million. So you can imagine what we can do in Canada still for the next couple of years. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then comes the German opportunity, and uh, that would be no less. You know, it's a very affluent market with uh, 85 million people, and uh, Germany is going to love our discount club model in conjunction with what we are going to do with Sanity Group. So uh, exciting times ahead for us. It, it sounds like it. Um, I. Uh... I think we, Pilot, you had a question kind of focusing more on that as well. Yeah, I wanted to know, I mean, if you can uh, tell us more about your vision of becoming a, a global top five MSO. And um, and also you, you mentioned uh, your, your efforts behind invention, uh, sorry, innovation. And um, I want to know how does, uh, how does the, the demands of investors um, I mean, how, how do you balance the demands of the investors with the need of innovation and market expansion? Sure. So, Paro, we, uh, you know, we've uh, we've acquired about nine and a half percent of Canadian retail sales with just four point five percent, roughly, of the brick and mortar store count in the country. So our model is so differentiated and so loved that, you know, it's quickly becoming. In fact, it's become a household name in Canada. And we think we can take this market share to over 15% in the long term. And this is in an extremely difficult cannabis market. And if we can do this in Canada, then you know it, uh, we have high aspirations uh, to be a global player in cannabis retail, starting with, of course, United States, where we want to be a top five MSO. Uh, there's no current multi-state operators that have a model like ourselves. And even if they did, they don't have the five years of rehearsal uh, that we've already done. And we've already tried, tested, and perfected our model. So, we're really looking forward to launching this in the US and of course in Germany in due course. But like I said, our hands are full. Ontario just announced uh, any entity can have up to 150 stores. So the first goal is, you know, go get Ontario. And uh, there's going to be a lot of action this year next in our home market here in Canada. And, uh, you know, to your second question about how are uh, investors taking innovation uh, and how, how do they appreciate it or how do they see it? I think we, you know, High Tide was the best performing cannabis stock uh, in Canada in 2023. We were also the best performing in 2021. And this is clearly, uh, you know, like I said, it's a very difficult market here. So investors are paying attention to our innovation and uh, our innovation is second to none and it's not going to stop here. So we've got some more tricks up our sleeves. So, uh, you know, stay tuned on what we do next. I, I mean, I, I think you guys can both agree. It's really exciting to watch how much change is happening um, across the world, really. And I, I wanted to ask, with both of your longstanding experiences in the field, um, what do you predict for the next you know, major changes in cannabis legislation globally? I mean, is there any other uh, place that we might need to keep an eye out on? Um, and are you preparing for these changes? Yeah, I mean, you want to take uh, maybe this? I take that first. Yeah, sure. And then uh, I hand over to you. So, I mean, obviously, I'm coming very much from the European perspective, right? So, <clears throat> there is already a coalition of countries within Europe that want to legalize, but they don't know how. So, for mm -hmm. example, the Netherlands, there's Malta, there's Portugal, there's Spain to a certain degree, there's Czech Republic. Um, 
And <clears throat> the problem in Germany or in the Europe right now is that you still have the European Union, um, who is kind of an umbrella around these countries, who has a certain say in the regulation within the countries. So, for example, the reason why the German full legalization is not coming straight away, but now in two parts, is because of the restriction and the challenges Germany has with the European Union. However, I think once that is cleared and clarified, I think there will be a domino effect in Europe. So Switzerland, I think, will legalize definitely within the next two years. And that's much easier for them because they are not part of the European Union. We see that the Netherlands are running currently a pilot program because previously they went into toleration and decriminalization. Now they are piloting um, own cultivation in the country with a full legal supply chain. So that is something we definitely look at. Then... Uh, We see Czech Republic is going ahead already in active talks with the European Union about them legalizing. So I really see there's a huge European opportunity and Europe has more than 500 million people living there, where I think one country after the other, especially when they have progressive governments, will legalize over time. So I really think that Germany is not the only country, but this will be a domino effect once the EU situation is cleared. Outside Germany and outside Europe, I think there's a lot of also interesting markets. Like, I mean, Thailand is going forth and back right now. So obviously we are looking at it, but uh, smiling a bit because it goes very quickly the one way and then the other way again. So obviously we need to see how that develops. Um, I still think there's a chance in the longer run for New Zealand. I mean, two years ago, they very closely decided not to legalize and But it was very close, so hopefully there will be a second chance um, in a few years, and then hopefully Australia will go the same path. So I believe that this whole legalization is nothing that you can stop anymore. And I mean, Raj, you probably are closer to it, but even in the US, they talk about reclassifying cannabis now. Um, I think it's the first time in the upcoming presidential election that both big parties, Republican and Democrats, want to change something for the better in the cannabis legalization. So I think as always in this market, things are taking very slow, but I think they only go one way, and the one way is towards a more liberal, towards a more legal um, situation of cannabis globally, and some countries will be faster. For example, Europe, maybe Thailand, and some countries will be slower, but I think the direction is clear. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's for sure something that is going to, I mean, the, the legalization movement is going to broaden up and, and get uh, more, even more momentum as we, as we see it. Uh, yeah, I think as we see it approaching uh, maybe the middle of the year, I don't, there are some rumors about uh, the rescheduling in the United States uh, happening around April. So uh, I, I wanted to ask you something about that. For, uh, first of all, if you, I mean, what do you foresee for the U.S. market uh, in maybe in the next five years? Uh, that on one side, and uh, also on a on a, on a global um, on a global regulatory landscape, how do you see these changes? I uh, mean, in the U.S. impacting the global markets, and um, and and if that, I mean, if you have any any plans um, for I don't know for riding that wave. Yeah, maybe I'll go for this one. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, Finn, you summed it so well that Germany will be the first domino to fall in Europe. And I think everybody will follow suit. Germany is massive. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the leading countries in Europe. Like you said, Europe is 500 million people. So everyone's watching what Germany is going to do. And then rescheduling uh, uh, news is gaining momentum in the US. And, and I'm also hearing around April, May, uh, things could really move on the rescheduling front. 
and the world is watching. You know, I heard Nepal is about to to legalize cannabis, and uh, Finn summed it up really well. Australia, New Zealand, most of the countries are now in play and considering legalization. And as these things happen, as U.S., you know, who, who everyone looks up to and is usually always the, uh, the biggest country in play, when U.S. goes reschedule cannabis to schedule three, if that ends up happening or a descheduling event happens or a full federal legalization happens, I think then the domino is going to fall apart completely. And we're going to see a massive wave of cannabis across the world. I can't wait for that day, but, you know, uh, we've got a lot on our plate right now, but there's definitely very exciting times ahead. I think 2024 and 2025 will be monumental for the U.S. and the EU. I, I, I honestly think that's, you know, a positive outlook. That's maybe even a good note to end on. Um, I, I think we talk to a lot of people in the market and, you know, some have a negative outlook on it. They say it's volatile. Um, but there's many changes coming. I, and I just wanted to thank you both for being on today. Um, and my last question really quick, though, is there any point that, you know, we've talked about today that you really want to hone in on um, that maybe we didn't, you know, bring enough light to? Is there one thing that you guys would like to highlight? Yeah, maybe, um, you know, the one thing I can say is that Canada, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from Canada. Canada's first G7 country to legalize cannabis. I really hope Germany is paying very close attention to it. So is the United States at a federal level. What can be done? And Canada's not got everything right. Canada's done some amazing things, starting with legalizing cannabis. Uh, but, you know, there, there's, especially in the context of this conversation where we want to do mutual things together, complementary things together as a company, you know, Canada has restricted it's some of the provinces, not all provinces, and the ones that have not restricted are thriving. But the provinces that have put these restrictions for licensed producers and retailers to work together, uh, you know, that has not worked out in our favor. It's resulted in a strong illicit market. Uh, it's resulted in a lot of bankruptcies on the producer side and the retailer side. And there's a ton of cannabis stored in these uh, licensed producer vaults that we can help with. But, you know, these are all uh, live and learn kind of lessons. And I really hope uh, Germany and U.S. are paying close attention. And even Canada is, is learning from its mistakes. So just wanted to add that. Yeah. And to, to just add to that, uh, I really think <clears throat> that at the end, every regulator made with Germany, made with the U.S., uh, they have to manage a balance of fear that everything will go crazy once they legalize. But if they don't legalize like liberally, then you will not fight the illicit market. And I think what I sometimes are wondering about, why do these countries not talk to each other? So I just had the same discussion with uh, the German parliamentarians uh, who never talked to Canadian parliamentarians, who never, never talked to Swiss parliamentarians. And I would just hope that at some point we reach a level where countries and governments internationally talk to each other and then hopefully <clears throat> not every country regulates completely different from the other countries because i think raj can confirm that if every country completely regulates differently it makes it extremely hard for companies to adjust to those local laws and i really hope that at some point um, maybe even with the help of the un we come to a better approach to even have a standardized global um, way of handling cannabis Exactly. It seems like a general consensus between both of you is communication is key to having a general consensus uh, globally. Um, but I, I think that wraps up our time today. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, while you were closing, I was thinking that, I mean, I'm located in Argentina and just like, uh, I think three or four weeks ago, uh, we saw Uruguay um, entering their 10th year of legalization and uh, then Canada happened. So lots of lessons learned, lots of things uh, for countries to discuss and try exactly to, to, to uh, create uh, frameworks, uh, legal frameworks that actually feed with each other. So hopefully we see more of that in the future. And we really want to thank you for being here. Uh, we learned a lot. We had an awesome time. And again, thank you for your time, Raj, for being here on your birthday also. <laughs> we <laughs> really appreciate that. And thank you, Finn, as well. And uh, take care, guys. Well, that is a wrap for today's Cannabis Insider. Before we go, though, I want to remind you to stay tuned for all of Benzinga's content we put out on a daily, and especially be on the lookout for upcoming events. From our highly anticipated Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in April to our Deep Dive virtual events, one of which we have this week on the 25th. And for more information on how to get involved, check out Benzinga.com events. Exactly. Very excited about our conference in April. And uh, another reminder, please do not forget to follow us on all our social media uh, for your most up-to-date cannabis news. I'm Pata Little. And I'm Abby Higginbotham. Stay green, stay informed, and we will catch you next time. Bye for now. See ya.